You are listening to the Catholic Recon Podcast, testimonies from Catholic reverts and converts. I'm your host, Eddie Trask. Don't forget to leave a review and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Catholic Recon Testimonies from Reverts and Converts. I'm your host, Eddie Trask, and this week's guest is Carrie Davison, who, with her husband, they run Holy Heroes. I'm sure many of you are familiar with Holy Heroes. Uh, before we get into Carrie's story, uh, first of all, Carrie, thank you for being thank here. Thank you. Thank it's you for real, having me. Yeah, it's a, it's a real privilege here. Um, I want to just tell, just give a few details. So, Carrie is an author, uh, aside, uh, alongside doing all these things for Holy Heroes. She's an author, a homeschooling mom. Six of her kids, which they refer to as adventure guides, um, have graduated from high school and they have two at home. And the reason I mentioned that up front, and I'm sure this will come into the story at, at some point, is the dedication that it takes to homeschool and what it means in the life of a disciple. Um, there are challenges all around. And again, we'll get into this, but I'm just fascinated to see that you're in the midst of it and you're watching these kids graduate from high school. What a, what a true blessing that must be. Um, but so we can start there, actually. You can talk about okay. the kids um, and then we can go back in time and talk about your story. Okay, uh, we have eight. Our youngest is now, uh, well, actually she turned 15 yesterday. So wow. she's 15 and we have a 17 year old. Those two are still at home. And the other six, three are married, three are in college and two are home. Wow. Yeah. What a blessing. Now it is. So, so the kids, 15 is the youngest. Yes. When did you, because I think you started Holy Heroes in 20, wait, 2007, if I'm not mistaken. We started the year she was born. Okay. Yeah, that's not great timing. <laughs> so how did this all happen? I don't even know when, when did you come into the church? Maybe you should go back to um, how this all Sure. Okay. So, um, I grew up a, in, I grew up a, in a culturally Catholic family. Okay. And my father was non-practicing. My mother, um, always practiced. Uh, she always went to mass on Sunday. We never knew why she went to mass, but she went to mass every Sunday and she took us when we were little and we, my brother and sister and I all received our sacraments. We don't really know why we received our sacraments, but we did. And, um, as my husband said, when we came, when he came into the church and I came back, you know, there's a reason it's called RCIA. It's because it's all top secret. You know, you can't, no one tells you anything. You have to find out for yourself. And so, um, so that's how I grew up. And I probably, my teenage years, I was just pretty much done with Catholicism. I just had no interest. Uh, it didn't seem to have any relevance. It didn't seem to affect anyone's life around me. I, I couldn't see it. And uh, so I just was kind of done with that. And I just moved along with my life and went to school, went to college, went to graduate, you know, kept going to school. And uh, my husband and I met in graduate school and we were both, he was traveling, he was on his own separate trajectory away from God as well. And so different, very different than mine. Was he, he right? Was he also raised? No, he was raised a Methodist. Okay, got it. And a very different, very different family than mine. He, he grew up a Midwestern, non-drinking, 
not dancing, not smoking, Methodist type of household. And um, lovely, lovely house. Culturally Catholic New York family, okay? Mm -hmm. And we met, we got married. And, you know, looking back now, I always thought we did all this under our own steam that we, you know, made our way into the church and everything, but we actually didn't, okay? It was just all set up by God. And of course, at the time we didn't know, so uh, we met, we actually uh, kind of accidentally got married in a Catholic church, which is kind <laughs> of hilarious. Accidentally got married in the Catholic church. Wow. Well, we had, we had, no, I had, uh, I, we, we met in England. I had lived in Europe for a couple of years and I did not want to be married by the government because that, that was a very repellent thing to me that reeked of communism. <laughs> that was like at the height of the Cold War, war and I was like, there's no way some government's going to sure I want some higher authority saying that we're married yeah so when we went to get married um in the states I was just looking around for some like church that would marry us okay and I don't know how this works I don't know anything about anything and there was no protestant who was interested in marrying me and my mother uh found out that we could get married at uh, my husband is a United States Air Force Academy graduate and we found out we could get married at West Point because he, that's another academy. And if you're in the military, you can get married there. Got it. So my mother arranged that and she found the only date for the next two years that was available. So she took it and she arranged everything and <laughs> we ended up getting married there on short order, like within four months. And um, we got married. And interesting enough, I'll just tell you this little side story because this is how God has worked with us, because I think it's because really we're very, you know, we're very kind of independent minded people. And we kind of thought this is just us doing this stuff. It's really not. So we got our invitation. My mom sent out the invitations. I get a phone call after a friend of mine got it. And she said, oh, you're getting married um, on the year today that you met at my party. And so we had actually met the year before. On, at her party on a Saturday night, we were getting married on a Sunday the following year on May 8th. And of course it didn't, my mother arranged this whole thing. I had no control or anything. And I was like, oh, oh, how, how fun. Like, that's great. I'm so happy. I was thinking it was more like victory in Europe day. So I was all excited right. about that, but it was actually the day we met. And I didn't realize this till my goodness, probably, you know, 15 years later, that May 8th is actually the commemoration of St. Michael, the Archangel, his apparition. I didn't and, know that either, wow. Yes, it's a, it's a day that, and so interesting enough, um, uh, Michael is my confirmation name. And so I always look at that as a little blessing, like a little, a little sweet thing that God um, gave me without me even knowing Yeah. that he had his hand on all of this. So we ended up getting married in a Catholic church um, you know, and we'd assign something that said, oh, we'll raise our kids Catholic. And my husband really bristled about that a bit. Um, but we just really wanted to get married. Okay. And, and I was like, Hey, I was raised Catholic, whatever that means, you know, Yeah. you know, we'll do whatever, whatever silly thing they want us to do. We'll just take care of it. You know? So, uh, we never really, you know, we were both kind of on these paths of searching. Mine was very much in Western civilization. Ken's was very much in the East, um, 
you know, he spent time in India and different places traveling, and he was very interested in all this and philosophy and all these things. Okay. And also because it was very less personal, you know, a philosophical God doesn't make any demands on you personally, you know, and, um, and the God I believed in, he didn't make any demands on me either. Okay. But I, I was less philosophical about it. Yeah. And then we had a child and suddenly we were looking at this child, like, so what do we do with her? Like, how do we raise her? We, did, we knew nothing. And around about nine months, my mother was saying, hey, you gonna get her baptized or what are you gonna do? And so we thought, oh, baptized, yeah, that's that. And so we got her baptized, but I went and I talked to, you know, some priest and I, I said, can you explain this to me? And why am I doing this? And yeah. it was like, I got some very, they couldn't answer me in a way I could understand it. And I'm not saying they didn't say anything that was intelligent, they probably did. I couldn't understand it. It seemed silly to me. It seemed, and I was actually told by someone, you're like joining a club. And I thought, you just don't even know who I am, do you? Because you just said like the worst thing you could yeah. <laughs> ever yeah. say to someone like me. And so we did it. Um, my husband, you know, my husband got out of the Air Force. We moved around a little bit. Um, we ended up in uh, Minneapolis and we had a great life. And, but, and we met some friends saying, but like that was... <laughs> I don't mean that. I was like, we really weren't looking for anything. Okay. We just had a great life. Um, uh, and we were just living our lives and a neighbor down the street, lovely people. They were evangelical Protestants. We became friends. They were lovely. They evangelized us. They, I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how good these people were to us. And, um, we started to learn and it was very interesting, you know, intellectually interesting. My husband kind of went along with it at first, and then he was very engaged because it was very historical. And so we had never really encountered the historical Jesus before, like that he's a real person. He was, you know, he is a real person, but he lived in time. And then here's the, you know, biblical narrative of him. And actually this biblical narrative is more reliable than say uh, the book of you know, Julius Caesar or any mm -hmm. ancient documents like this we were just fascinated by this, that really there's thousands of copies of the ancient Bible that were copied and recopied and were, were impeccably accurate. Yet we have like, we take Julius Caesar and these other ancient books that we all read in college and, yes. they're, con and they're considered like these great historical works when in reality they had like a, tens of copies of them at the most, maybe a couple, couple dozen, and they're all inaccurate. They all, none of them match, they're missing chapters. None of the, you know, grossly huge variations of the narrative in those stories. Yet we take that as historical accuracy. Yeah. Yet the Bible, here we have it, thousands of copies, impeccably accurate. I think it to like 1%. And yet everyone it's what, not real, what? And so we started to confront this and it was shocking to both of us. And I think we just were, I mean, actually, quite frankly, to me, it was relief because I think sacramentally, I was um, yearning for this supernaturally, not realizing what it is I was looking for. And my husband was just stunned that this was real. And um, so we went down this kind of Protestant Bible study road, but it was great because like you didn't have to go to church and you didn't even have to be in communion with other people. You just had to like do your own relationship Research and yeah, yeah. And get together yeah, on a regular basis. Very academic. And yeah. so we, um, you know, we, we kept going there and uh, 
I'm trying to remember what happened. Oh, so I know what happened. So we were, things started to trouble me and him because then we started on this thing. I just remember this one hilarious night. They were showing a video of um, Jerusalem and Jerusalem for a Protestant is really kind of a nightmare because everywhere you go in Jerusalem, it's like Catholic. There's a Catholic church, you know, plopped down on top of every single historical site, you know. And this, the narrator in this actually said, we don't know exactly where Jesus was crucified. And I was like, what? Wait, there's a church of the holy something or other sitting right on the top of where he was crucified. I, I remember that from the, like a sophomore year history class. There's, there's no way you don't know where that is. And so things like that started to come along. And then I, then I started remembering things like, you know, once saved, always saved. And, um, uh, and then I was, you know, be perfect like my father in heaven says. And then our father who art in heaven, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So none of this is logically adding up to us. And then we started asking questions. And we started saying, wait, this doesn't make sense. And this doesn't make sense. And, you know, it, be, it became this kind of like a debate at the Bible study type of thing, you know? Got it. I was going to ask you, yeah, who were you questioning? But you were, you were asking um, the people in the Bible study. Yeah. What, so what this, this became mean? a Bible study contentious thing. And then one day, you know, because it would have been much easier for my husband and I to be Protestant. We lived near, not too far from his family. His whole family was Protestant. Um, I was kind of cringing in my heart because in my mind, there were always two Catholics that I always kind of looked up to, um, not because I knew anything about their faith, but because I knew they were reasonably intelligent, pragmatic men who believed this. And I know they wouldn't believe in just some schlocky sentimental thing. I knew that about them. Um, one was my uncle, um, who was a, um, a surgeon and I just knew he, he was all about his business. Like he knew what was like, how to, how, what things meant and how to live. And the other one, interesting enough was William Buckley because, um, <laughs> who I don't know personally, of course, but I always admired yeah. and you know, I lo loved reading him and I knew he was a serious Catholic. Yep. I didn't know anything about his faith, faith life or anything. I just knew he was a defender of Catholic teaching. And I knew he went to mass, which in my book, like that held a lot of sway. Okay. And now I have um, a question about your uncle. So you're, you were observing this as a child as well, that he was devout or you were, um, he was a little bit more remote from me. Okay. I knew he was. And, um, and I knew there were people in my mother's family who, interesting enough, my mother was one of um, eight children. One of her brothers died, but the rest of them raised their children very, um, in the RCIA mode, like the very secretive Catholic way of, I go to mass, I never tell anyone why. And <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know why they did this, but they did. And, um, and all of my, it's, it's, it's tragic. Well, it's beautiful in that all of her siblings are now in their eighties and they're all seriously devout Catholics. No kidding. Wow. Yes. My mother and all of her siblings. Sadly, my 32 first cousins are not. So I'm probably one of a handful who, 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 you know, even goes to mass. And so, because there is no understanding of this at all. So it's tragic. It's a, it's a tragic thing that happened, but I have hope because all of my cousins were baptized and were, um, you know, you know, did receive their sacraments. And I'm hoping as they get older, 
something takes hold and it has in a few of them. Yeah. And so anyway, but that's a little side story. But anyway, so um, Ken and I, uh, one day I just thought to myself, I'm going to go into, I just saw this Apostle bookstore. I was driving by. I said, I'm, I'm just going to go in there and ask a question. So I went in, this is all before the internet. You have to realize that we were like relying on like the history books in our library, which was a lot, but it wasn't, nothing was, we had no Catholicism at all. I went to this book store. I said, can you just give me a little book? I don't want to, like, I walked in there and there was like, oh my goodness, there's like four, I don't want any of these books. I just want a little book to explain to me the difference between being a Protestant and being a Catholic. That's all I want. And she, she said, oh, you want this book. So she handed me this book, um, Born Fundamentalist, Born Again Catholic. And I bought it and I read it like that day. And I was like, okay, Ken, we got to do this. We got to read this. So we started talking about it. He read it. And he, so at the end of the book, he's like, okay, so we're going to be Catholic. And I was like, okay, we're going to be Catholic. Who wrote that book, by the way? Uh, David Curry. Okay. Got and it. um, it's so hilarious because I went back and I bought I ordered from this bookstore. I ordered a case of those books and I gave them out to all my friends. And then I always had two or three on my bookshelf. So when someone came over, they said, oh, you have doubles of this. And I'd say, oh, here, take one. And so um, I would always do that because I, I owe that man a great debt because he wrote something so straightforward and simple, but it answered every question that I had. Because at that point we we're like, okay, we believe Jesus is real. We believe he's God. We believe this what do we do now? Yeah. And so uh, that was, so we ended up becoming Catholic and, um, and here we are. And <laughs> what year was that, that you, and so um, did you enter, um, did you have to go to RCIA as? No, I didn't. Okay. And actually my husband didn't actually either. We lived in Minneapolis. Uh, yeah. We started going to a very excellent parish called Holy Family and Father Duffner just brought us, brought, um, well, we, we were in that whole year and Father Duffner ran a um, class, uh, just a cat, like just come and ask questions. It's a Catholicism class. Mm -hmm. And then my husband actually officially came into the church um, in 1995, the same time our daughter was born and baptized, our third daughter. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's great. So, so it sounds like for that, I can't speak for your husband. It sounds like he was very open-minded through most of this. No, it, it was, I mean, by the time, by the time he came into the church, you have to realize we had already been married for, um, let me do the math here. We'd been married for eight years at that point. Okay. So, um, and he, it, it was just a, a lot of, um, I was firmly, cause I, I had, I think for me, um, especially I lived in France for a couple of years and I just looked around me and I thought, I just, the cathedrals and the art and the beauty and all of this. And I thought, um, there is nothing, this, this, this comes across as French snobbery and I don't mean it to be, but I, at that point I was thinking there is nothing, you know, these people built all this for, for the love of God and beauty. You know, there's just, you know, or, or basically beauty inspired by God. Sure. And I just couldn't, uh, and I looked at, um, godlessness i looked at you know because i also had been in the you know in the soviet union and things like that and i thought this is just hell on earth and i want nothing to do with this so there is a god inspiring all this and something very bad that's taking it away 
So I don't want anything to do with that. So I was very much a West, like, and I was very much Western civilization. Sure. And my husband had kind of catapulted over that into a lot of uh, Eastern mythology and, and philosophy and things. So it was kind of a lot of back and forth for a lot of years about that. It well, was very interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that, you know, with the philosophy at the beginning of our chat, um, you know, that 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 God is not making demands. It's, it's not personal. It's no. very ethereal and, you know. And you can um, play with that in your head all day long. All day long. And yeah. then when you said that you started to learn about his, the historical Jesus, I think that was based on what I'm hearing, a pretty yes. big turning point, right? And that's when that, that uh, subjectivity started to change and yeah, started to get real. more specific, yeah. And you have to be honest, if you're honest with yourself, I think that's the one thing that we had, which was we both were interested in the truth. Yeah. You know, regardless of where that took you. And it, and it, and it, and actually I think God really blessed us because for us, it wasn't, it wasn't like a painful thing. It was just, oh, oh my goodness. Um, this is real. Wow. We have to adjust our lives. We have to start living a different way. And for, I mean, I know many people that's a very, I mean, it was, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't totally painless, but it wasn't terrible either. And in the end it was magnificent. But, you know, at the time, if you had asked me at the beginning of marriage, you're going to have eight kids. I would think you're out of your mind. Okay. Because <laughs> there is no way this lady's having eight kids. Okay. It's amazing. So, so you're, it's 95, you both, you return and your, your husband enters the church what was that period like? And um, I think leading up to 07, when you decided um, to launch Holy Heroes. It was, it was, you know, I think that God took care of us. I think, I, I almost feel like certain times we were like, we must've had like an angel tucked under each wing or something, each, each arm or something, because I have no idea how, how this all like, I mean, I know how it happened, but I'm yeah. just saying, I don't, I'm like, how, how did we do that? I, I don't even know how we did this. And uh, I mean, I do know, but I, I don't know how we mustered the energy and the time. And, you know, my husband. I get exactly what you're saying. You're in the midst of it. You know yeah. what's happening, but you can't fully see all of it until. Until later. Later. Yeah. Until you yeah. look back, because I look at it and I, it's the same with our marriage. And when we're getting married on May the 8th, we did. I didn't know that for. You know, I don't even know how long it took yeah. me to realize when I one day I looked down at a, a Catholic calendar, I'm like. May 8th is what? And I was, I was just stunned by that. And, you know, I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for taking care of that. You know, you took care of that, that little issue. And the other, like another weird thing, this is a kind of weird thing. When my husband and I met, we met at, as I said, a friend's party. You know, you meet at a party, it's very busy and talk, 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 then you leave. And um, later he got my phone number from my friend and we talked, talk, talk on the phone. And so finally we eventually decided we were gonna meet. And in all of that conversation, it never like occurred to him nor me to, to ask like, what's your last name? Okay, <laughs> because whatever, you just- well, Yeah, you just go by first name. <laughs> yeah, you just go by first names. You don't ask first last names or whatever. And we just never thought of it, you know? It's just one of those things. So we finally decided, you know, okay, so we're gonna meet. and you're going to come to this party and blah, blah, blah. And so we meet and um, we have the same last name. My husband and I, we, we, we have the same last name. 
like you know my main name his name is the same name yeah that's... i was always a davison it's <laughs> crazy you don't hear about that too often i just, no, it's my, just my wife just told me two days ago that some i don't know who it was someone just married someone with the exact same name first and last name oh that's very unusual okay yeah. you, just, you just taught me there but it, i'm just <laughs> saying that this is the, this is the type of stuff that god like yeah like just little, like, like silly, amusing things like that, that, um, you know, little, like, th you know, little things that God provided for us, um, that are just so, you know, fun. Yeah. And, so, uh, good. So I was going to say between 95 and 07, you have what, four more, five more kids, five more children. Yes. Yeah. And we, um, my husband, uh, worked in for big corporations. He had did very well. So we had a, you know, nicely set up that way. And yeah. so things were very nice for us. And then um, he started uh, working, you know, for different organizations, uh, raising money for them and different missionary organizations and things. And then he started uh, Glory Stories, which is a, um, he started writing these stories and producing them. And it's so interesting because Ken, uh, has he's very talented in a bunch of different things and his corporate jobs were very um they were in marketing communications but they're all they were all you know number-based uh analytical jobs but in addition to that when he worked for Procter & Gamble he was in charge of this is very unusual he was in charge of all this production stuff not that he was doing it but he was like overseeing a bunch of stuff that was going on so he had his hand on all of the stuff and knew how it all worked and everything so that kind of, it was very interesting that that just segued into all of the things we started doing. Um, and, you know, there was no, really no reason for that other than God set that up, you know, for that to happen. That should not have happened. That's and we, we ended up moving to California. He worked for a, a, a .com out there. And um, we ended, then, we, and then we went back to Connecticut. Then we ended up in North Carolina. So he actually started working for, the reason we came down to North Carolina was he, started working for college here and then we just started holy heroes and then we here we are now what was the what was the mission there were you thinking okay we want to defend the faith we want to evangelize what was the the main mission and vision and i'm sure it's still consistent to this day i'm just yes. curious what you thought at that time um i think it it, it was always the same which is um uh, once he's, we started writing these saint stories and we saw when he started producing them and things, it was like so many people wanted them and they were so happy to hear about it and learn about it and learn about the faith through that, that, that I was just shocked. I was thinking, and, and I know it, and, and actually what happened is it kind of grew out of our own children as well, because as for homeschooling and learning things and, and putting things together, we're realizing there's, there's nothing like this available. There's nothing out there. And we, you know, we could fill that gap and we could do that. And so we started doing it and it just grew and grew and, you know, trying to make things joyful and faithful. And, and then you can see it look around the culture now. I mean, it's just a, uh, a wash in just degradation that you just look at it and you say, good grief. You know, there's, you know, when, when we started this, I thought, oh, there's some work to be done here. Because, you know, and yet as you continue to realize there's so much more work to be done here. There's so much more that yeah. we could add to this, um, add to the situation. And uh, that's what we're doing and trying to do it in a way that's 
that's fun and, and joyful for people to, you know, engage because there's a lot of negativity out there for, for people. And, and I don't think people need more of that. And our faith is, is truly hopeful and beautiful. So there's no reason for that. Yeah. And I think, you know, back to my first point when we started here about homeschool and the difficulties of homeschool, I think that a lot of your uh, programs, certainly they span uh, many ages and whether homeschool, private school, public school, whatever it, it works. But I think, can you speak to how impactful some of the materials that you've produced have helped those families that have that flexibility to add to their curricula and get more religion into daily life? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that you can't overemphasize this enough. I really do. I think that we have robbed, and in my generation for sure, I mean, that whole loss, as I said, of my age group and, and even the, the ones coming behind us. Yeah. I, I look at, I used to, I had this one moment, this is hilarious. I was in a bookstore when, the same bookstore I went originally in, but I was going there all the time, spending every penny we had in this bookstore, okay? <laughs> we were like her best friends after this. So she'd see me come and she'd wave. She knew there was, I was gonna be buying $300 worth of books on the way out the door. And so I just, I just, it, and that's interesting. This is, I've had the same experience, discussion with other people who converted. And they're like, yeah, the first year I converted or the first couple of years, I don't know what, what God did, but I was able to read hundreds of books within a short, and that's exactly what happened to us. I mean, hundreds of books within a short period of time, just, I don't know what that, what, that was the Holy Spirit, I, I believe. That, you know, there was, I don't know if you know Gary Machuda, but he explained the exact same thing where yes. he just had this fire and he's consuming book after book after book. Oh, it's like, it's, it's nonstop. What a and grace. You, yeah. And you can't, and I've never, I, you can't, I can't replicate it. I've never been able to replicate it myself, even when I'm trying. Okay. I can't, I cannot replicate those, le those first couple of years because it was just like wow. a fire. And my husband had the same thing. And in fact, my husband went and got a graduate degree in theology out of that. Okay. And so, you know, people put that to good, because of good use as well. And um, we just, uh, anyway, what was the, the, what was I saying? I was saying that, oh, I was in the bookstore, of course, as usual. And I just walked by this little children's table and I picked up this St. Joseph Baltimore catechism, which I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yep. So I opened it up and it and says, and it's, can't even believe it. I was standing there and I had my kids with me and I'm because I'm looking for stuff for them as well. And it says, you know, why did God make you? God made you. And I'm reading this and I'm saying, God made you to love him, to serve him. I was, I was sitting in the bookstore and I was like, do you know the, like I wanted to announce to everyone, there, do you know the answer to the question that half of the people on the face of the earth are looking for is in the, this children's Baltimore catechism? I, I was shocked. I was like, this has been distilled down and made for a seven-year-old child in the Catholic church. And yet adults all over the face of the earth are looking for the answer to this question, myself included at the time. I was stunned out of my mind. And I think that's what we've been robbed with because like, this is all available. This existed. There were Catholic priests and monks who, and theologians and philosophers who distilled all this down to such a simple form that it is readily available to us. And yet 
no one no one even looks at it and so that that to me was the most disturbing thing that this is available to us but no one can can get it in such a form that they're even willing to accept it wow yeah and um and that's important too because i think back to the priests who were talking to me about baptism who spoke to me in a way now i'm not saying there was anything well, there were there were actually some things wrong with what they said um um in a theological sense but also I, wait um so i just think these things are all um that's what we're trying to do with whole heroes you know do it joyfully do it for your family um bring as much faith in as many directions as you can into your child's life as particularly the the younger the better because um you're raising them it's um this is another thing that i i think i really absorbed uh this is a french thing as well okay this is a european thing which is um i lived with french people and i saw little tiny french kids and they you know serve up dinner and i was looking across i was raised as you know american kid and I'm looking across and I'm seeing these little French kids eating like calves brains. And um, I'm not, I'm not joking. No, no, I, I, I can only imagine. I and this imagine. stuff and it's, you know, being put on my plate as well. And I'm realizing, holy cow, I have to eat this stuff. I know what it is. Holy you know? cow, calf brain. Holy cow. Good, good. Nice. <laughs> and anyway, now I'm just, I'm just realizing. So I, and so I, uh, French, uh, some French friends, um, explain this to me. They said, from the earliest time, you are forming your child's, uh, your, it's, you're forming your child's taste. You're forming your child's thoughts. You're forming your child's, it's all formation. And this, and they, nothing uh, religious came into this, by the way. This was just a, a cultural taste and how you, what you eat, how you dress, your manners, how you behave, you know, and this is something that they just, it was second nature to them. You know, this idea that a child eats separate food from a parent, unheard of yeah. to them. Like, there's no, like, making a children's menu. Absolutely not. There's no actually even, I mean, there may be now, but this was a long, you know, decades ago. There was no, like, actual separate kind of clothing for teenagers. Everyone wore something that was suitable and stylish and fashionable because they were formed since a very young age to appreciate this. And, and so I remember... Uh, these French, uh, these older French people, they would look at, for example, cartoons as complete abominations because of that is uh, so tasteless, you know, in there. <laughs> I was like, wow, like you're really picky. And so, yeah, <laughs> but that's how I that's think. That's a great parallel. I totally get what you're Yeah, saying. but see, yeah. they're willing to do it for fashion and taste and manners and food and things. Um, why on earth are we not doing this for the most important part of of your child's life which is their faith and salvation and i think and that's what really has to take hold i think among catholics is that everything matters from a very young age what they see what they read um what you talk about at the dinner table what they hear in your home the books on your shelves what are they um these are you know what do they see on the on you know, on the uh, media, all of this matters. And there's, and, and you need to take great, and it has to be intentional now because they're not going to find it in the culture anymore. 
you know, it used to be accidentally, you know, Fulton Sheen used to be on the television at night. Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine seeing a bishop on prime no, time television? I can't imagine. And that was like the most popular TV show, okay, at the time. Yeah. So I'm saying they're not going to find this in the in the culture anymore. They're not going to find there are no Catholic books in the in the library. There are no Catholic books in the bookstore. Um, if you can even bear to go into a children's section of a bookstore anymore. I was just going to say, can you imagine a Catholic section where it was just children's book? No, it, it or, doesn't. Or Catholic month. You're yeah. not going to, those days it, are, are gone. Yeah, They're all gone. And yeah. in fact, you can't even go. I mean, I'm old enough now to remember going to bookstores with my oldest children where there were still kind of beautiful places where you could go in and find like the Chronicles of Narnia and things like yeah. that. You know, really lovely children's books i mean that doesn't even that that's that doesn't even exist anymore you're lucky if you find it but you have to sift through so much other horrendous stuff to get that and so you can't do that anymore you have to actually make an intentional home and bring everything you can into your home that will will um and you're not it's this isn't all about like everything doesn't have to be an educational lesson it's all about exposure and it's available and look what we're reading tonight. Like, and that's why we're making, um, I, there's some uh, books uh, uh, in sacred art. So you can look at the sacred art book and say that, you know, the prayer, we broke down the, um, the, um, the creed with sacred art and the creed. So you associate, so when you sit with your child and they're looking at magnificent art and you're reading to them the creed and with an understanding of what it means, you know, below it, very small, so that, your child can sort of start to form in their mind the association of beauty and art with prayers. And these are all beautiful things that you, but you, it has to be done intentionally is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I get it. Have you heard the word, I think my wife's called, maybe other women do, twaddle. Have you heard that? Yes, yes. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. Twaddle is those, those books that are basically filler books. They don't yes. really do yeah. anything so I used to go to the library when my kids this is just a few years ago and I'd come home with a stack of like 15 books and it was all yes. twaddle it's all twaddle yes and so my wife she would go to uh, I can't think of the website based on age there would be yes. certain titles you go and get those books yes and I finally understood the difference yeah. between the two you and it just led us more in the direction of substance and and even it's funny, it's funny when we first heard about that, um, there's a Lego catechism or seven sacraments book. Yes. If you're familiar yes. with that. When I first saw the cover, I thought, oh, that just seems like it's in the realm of twaddle. I opened it up and I said, this is one of the, to your point, one of the, for an adult to read that and see yes. the typology that I didn't know as a kid and I didn't even know into my adult years it was just fascinating to find that level of detail and research and theology in a kid's book yes and I have no problem going to certain kids books to kind of <laughs> read up on you know truth I, and, I agree and that's actually the lego catechism that's that's unusual that's that's one of the few books like that I know it very well yeah um, um that's actually taken something that's wildly uh, popular and um, uh, well, uh, you know, like Legos for, I mean, think of boys in particular oh, man. And, yeah. and superimposed uh, the catechism right on top of it. And it's, and it actually works versus the Lego Bible, 
which is just sheer heresy. And, I know I don't know anything about the Lego. Bible. Yeah, the Lego Bible is a Protestant thing, and it's just horrendous. Got it. And so, and so, um, but so we try and do basically the Lego Catechism at Holy Heroes. Okay, so I mean that's sort of what we're we're like you know this this the. the I mean, in, in a different little bit, you know, everyone, every, everything we put out is a little twist on something or other. Yeah. We try and make it beautiful. We try, if it's the same stories, we make it true, but also interesting. Yep. And um, really just to, uh, every family has to, it's, it's really, as I said, it, it's really, they have to make the effort. I know it sounds, I don't mean to be negative in that way, but it's just like you, you have to, if you just are showing up at mass on sunday or sending your kid to a catechism class once a week and it, it's it's not going to hold um I'm, I'm evidence of that and but i'm also that was also a long time ago it, the, the culture is much more toxic toxic now so true and there's yeah. there's uh, a very the the assault is very obvious i would say that, oh, that's it's, never it's, been it's never been more clear it's in never my, been more clear, but interesting yeah. enough, it's never been more clear, but um, very, it's, I remember, and I remember this well because of my Protestant friends. When uh, we started, so my, none of our kids ever went to school. They all were homeschooled from the beginning. They just, we just soldiered on through the whole thing. And um, I remember when I started, uh, a bunch of friends were like, oh, well, as soon as, um, Th this this horrendous thing i remember we were living in minnesota it was you know uh the one of the more progressive uh school districts you know in the country and mm -hmm. already in the kindergarten they were reading you know terrible books that you don't want your catholic kids to be reading I, we weren't even um net were we catholic yes we were already catholic at that point and um i started looking I thought, oh, we have to do school. Like, how do we do that? And I started looking into things and I realized I can't send them to school. I can't send her that. I can't have her read, have them reading these books to her. And um, so I didn't send her and I decided I'm going to homeschool. No idea what that means. And um, <laughs> no idea whatsoever. And, and this is a really odd thing, really odd. I have no idea why, but this is again, why would someone say this to me? Uh, years ago, I, I was in law school and uh, when a, a guy I always sat next to in certain classes, we were talking about children and education. And I said, oh yeah, something about school. There was some local school issue. I don't even remember. And I said, yeah, you'd want to send your kids to like this type of school. And this guy says to me, yeah, so long as you don't homeschool your kids or something. And I was like, I just remember, I remember that years later, I was like, I didn't even know what that was. Why is this guy saying this to me? Like, why would that, like, so out of context and just saying, dropping that in, you know, at a weird, and then he said it another time to me and I was thinking, do I look like a, like, I just, I could never figure out why someone would say something like that to me. And now I realize, I don't know, that was a Holy Spirit moment. Maybe that was, I was supposed to hear that at the time, that later, much later, when I heard this, when I, when it was an option for my daughter, it wasn't so shocking to me. I don't know. So well, that the was funny thing is, I, I, I feel like there's this um, certainly a narrative where, to your point, like I, I can't expose them to that. 
and yeah. you're somehow supposed to feel guilty or you have people saying what's the matter it's it's not a big deal you know it's fairly uh, it, innocent it's, it's, <laughs> and you realize no it's not at all it is no not it's not well innocent. it's actually in the catechism you know do people realize that this is actually in the catechism that actually before the age of reason yes children should not be exposed to any of the um moral deviancy we see in the world today yep that's commonplace that is considered a huge scandal and it is in children and you can see it when it happens because they are shocked like they it's like a physically shocking thing to them and um, i've seen it happen and in fact even older children i mean you can even if you if you've ever had this experience when your children find out what abortion is I mean, they, they, they just, they're like, what? Yeah. Like, like that, that's, wait, what are you talking about? You're, you're making that up. That can't be right. No, it is right. And you have to like break their little hearts and tell them this is, this can happen. And because children are, they can't even imagine such a thing. Exactly. So it's just, um, anyway, so. No, great point. Yeah. Yeah. And that, but that goes to other things as well. And, um, and we've all had these, and, and it's becoming more and more common at a younger and younger age. And all I tell parents, because I hear from parents all the time, and I just say, you have to limit this as much as possible. You have to, to corral your family, you have to protect your youngest and raise them in, 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 within your family in, in an environment of love and purity as best you can as best you can yeah and you know i spoke to someone the other day about um they have another um initiative that's related to saint stories mm -hmm. and i just said wow what a what a great witness what a great time to be focusing on the lives of the saints and have the kids see um themselves and other people in, in you know based on virtue or what they're trying to do in their lives versus yeah. um let's just say secular um, role models that, and what's funny is when you think about the role model, your typical secular role model in general, um, you're saying, wow, I, I aspire to be like them. And a lot of times it's based on one thing, which might be um, they're famous. <laughs> they're famous they, and they're rich. They're rich. They get a lot of attention. Yes. I aspire to be that person. So we put yes. posters on our walls related to those figures. But what we're trying to do, and so many people in the Catholic community, is to say, well, for example, your book, I didn't realize that you put this out. Yes, that's Carlo Cutis. Yes, that's our book. Phenomenal. Phenomenal book. To yeah, my point, great, to have a, a kid book. that say, whoa, I identify with, with this with this man I, or this boy, you know, I identify with him and I, I look up to him, you know, our oldest is saying that. And yes, we actually have a glory story, uh, an audio glory story about him as well. That's amazing. Because he is, he is, a, he is amazing. I mean, that's a um, story. I, I mean, all saints are, you know, the product of the grace of God. Yes. He, he is, he is a fascinating story from the very beginning god steered that that young man's life it was just shocking when you yeah. actually read the story and his mom you know is telling the story now that's right yeah. she's alive it's, it's just, just it, yeah it's so 
bizarre to think about, you know, that he had family members, obviously, at the beatification. Yeah, his uh, younger friends from high school. <laughs> yeah, his friends from school, his his younger siblings. You know, think of that for a moment, your younger yeah. siblings. Yes, so exactly. It's, wow. it's, it's just amazing. And, um, and I think it's necessary. And I, I want to encourage anyone who hears this, that this is all very doable. This is not um, something, you know, I, I, I hear from people sometimes, and I don't consider myself particularly um, gifted in any of these things. And I just know you can persevere on and you can do these things. It's just, you have to be willing to look reality in the face and you have to say, okay, how, uh, you know, with my circumstances and in my family and with my, you know, everyone's got um, shortcomings and everyone's got things that they can't do and can do. How can I do this? How can I educate my children? How can I educate them in the faith? How can I make a pure and loving and uh, virtuous environment um, within which, which within the, where they can grow up? Um, and I think every, every Catholic mother and father can do this. They just have to, you know, kind of work on it a little bit yeah. and, and be intentional about it. Agreed. Agreed. So that's why I want to encourage people. And that's why, and actually that's what we do at Holy Heroes. We have all those online programs that we have, you know, Lenten adventure. I can't tell you how many people, including us, we learned our faith with our children as they were growing up, Yeah. you know, Lenten adventure, Advent adventure. Uh, summer faith adventure, uh, you know, the um, marrying consecration, children's marrying consecration, we have the spiritual adoption, you can teach, uh, unfortunately, you know, when children find out about um, abortion, yeah. here's something you can do with them, they can actually pray, and learn and, 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 and pray for a child in danger of abortion to live, yeah. and give them hope. And so these are all things that, um, and children react beautifully to this when, when they're, especially because their parents are taking the initiative, they will, you lead children, they will follow. Well said, yeah. Carrie. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about what are you currently working on? What, what's new in your life? What's new at Holy Heroes? Um, love to um, hear new. about that. We're, we're, I'm actually, we're putting some, we're putting our, our, sacred art books together so that um, you can sit with a child. And this is an area that's a very much interest to me that I tried very hard when my children were small. Okay. It's a hard thing to do. And you have to, again, you have to make an effort in it. But the problem is you can find art books and you can find, you know, art pictures and all sorts of things, child-sized masterpieces. None of them are, are sacred. They're not sacred art. They're just great pictures. And that, that, that has a value in itself but I wanted more sacred art. And so that becomes a, a complex thing. And so I, we started making these, these books. So we took the prayers and we're putting sacred art alongside. So when you sit and you're reading the prayer, I believe in God the Father, you have a beautiful picture and it and explains what that part of the phrase in the creed means. And then we're doing, the, we did the same thing with our angel book, praying, praying to angels and the guardian angel, because that's a greatly neglected uh, area for children as well and the most powerful which is shocking to me when you think about it i mean here god gives each of us a guardian angel what a benefit to uh parents really for their children think about that for a second and i had this story um 
uh, when one of our, our third daughter, we were coming out of mass one day. This is one of these things that you just can't believe just happened. And we're walking down the sidewalk. This is in a, a city in California. And our daughter just, I don't know why, she darts between the cars. Like she's on the other side of me, inside of the sidewalk. And she just darts out between the cars. Like there's a busy street there. And then alongside the, the car, she suddenly makes a right-hand turn and walks up the side of the car. So there was, there was traffic coming and this car slammed the brakes on, obviously, and we're running, we're like diving for her as she's doing this. I mean, why, why this happened, I don't know. And this car slams the brakes on, you can hear it. And she just says the car is slamming the brakes on, she makes the right-hand turn and I thought, you know, thanks be to God. And the, the driver of the car rolls the window down and yells out at me, you can thank her guardian angel for that. And, no kidding and i was like yes i yeah i do thank you you know i was just i mean you know what i'm saying so that was like a guardian angel moment that she was heading into the street and for some crazy reason she decided to run up alongside the car and you know it was just a, a crazy thing and i'm just saying that that was a guardian angel moment that reminded me we neglect this that children need to be taught you pray to your guardian angel when your children leave the house pray to their guardian angel to, for their protection you know when they leave for college pray to that guardian angel send your guardian angel to make sure they're okay we we, we can do that because god gave those angels for our protection and that is a, a really neglected so our uh, the book i'm really excited about is the guardian angel praying to the angels the saint michael the archangel which of course i to tell my children you pray this prayer every day of your life yeah um you know you prayed after mass of course but you pray it every day of your life you pray this prayer and you also pray your guardian angel prayer and you ask your angel and you know this is interesting is your kids go to college this is interesting your guardian angel can help you on tests did you know that you i did not you, know that yes yeah. intellectually your guardian angel can enlighten your mind you pray to your guardian angel to help and remind me of what I need to, like what I, you know, your guardian angel is not going to get you an A without you working for it, but of course, yeah. your guardian angel can, in, can remind you of things. He can enlighten you. He can help you see things more clearly. And so this is what I'm saying. There's all kinds of things that angels do and want to do for us because that's their job. Amazing. And, and so that's what, that's so that book I'm really thrilled about. And then, and there's a couple others as well that we're working on. Um, the same thing in sacred art for the mass and other things that, um, because I think beauty is very much not, well, actually, what am I saying? It's not just neglected. It's, you know, this, our entire society is turned upside down now. Yeah. So um, everything that's ugly is now considered beautiful and things that are bad are now considered good. And we have to teach our children, this is what beauty looks like. And they will be naturally attracted to it yeah. because it's beautiful because God put that in our hearts and also the Catholic church. I mean, we have the greatest artists ever in human, you know, human history. What were they dedicating their life to, you know, the greatest stories, the greatest events of all times, which is the incarnation of Christ and his church and all everything that happened after that. So this is all available. And yeah. so that's what that's great and so when's the uh feast of the archangels is that september 29th yes i'm hoping that will be available <laughs> available oh, by then oh the book you're talking about yes yeah 
you know, I, I hate to say this, but because of COVID, there's a lot of still backlogs yep. in, uh, you know, printing areas. I, I don't, there, there's a lot of complexity that's not been worked out. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, is there anything else you want to add to uh, the conversation people might find valuable? Um, I just want to, I just, as I said before, I just want to encourage people that this is doable. Like you can do this. You can educate your children. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be an educator. You know, God entrusted your children to you very specifically um, because he knew, you know, he, that's he these kids were designed you know by you and for you so that you could take care of them and give them every single thing they need to to get them to heaven and i mean of course in addition to god the grace of god but of i'm course. saying everything earthly yeah. that they would need in their education and in their upbringing you can do this with god's grace and i just want to encourage people to to not think that the world that oh they just can't do it the world is so hard and things are yeah they are it is hard but you know it's the saint thomas more thing the, the world's not so bad that a good man can't live in it and you just have to find a you know you have to be resourceful and find a way to do that yeah and and by the way holy heroes will help you as best we can no, that's great no that's great and carrie if you can um send me any links that you want me to put in the description and i'll make sure i add those so people can find the website sure. and different products and um i think that book that you mentioned as well tell me again the title the born again catholic uh, oh david curry's uh, born fundamentalist born again catholic i uh it was ignatius press and i'm i mean they kept it in print for a long long time yeah and so I, but I don't know if it's still in print. I, I mean, yeah, I it might be, it might be one of those things. It's, you know, $230 now. So, well, that's, that's unfortunate. And uh, because yeah. it was a great, I mean, it, for us, it really, if, and it was, it's a very simple book, but any Protestant who reads that book is going to come away with it, with a totally new um, perspective on Catholicism. And um, that, and, and I think that's, I mean, as I said, God set us up to um, not come directly into the church, but to come in this way, because that's what we needed to do. Exactly. Carrie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for oh, thank everything you. you're doing. God bless you and your family. And, you know, I just appreciate the fact that there are many people that are willing to share their story and then see, I love seeing how their story then comes together in how are we helping the the faith how are we helping the, the body of christ and just being relentless in that in that pursuit so i appreciate that very much oh i appreciate you thank you for having me yeah my pleasure everyone thank you for watching until next time take care and god bless bye thank you